This is Castle Stories, a podcast from Newcastle Castle about the rich history of the North East. Hello and welcome to this episode of Castle Stories. I'm your host, David Silk. Last week, we had a little look at spiral stairs in castles, and why what you think you know about them might not be quite as certain as sometimes thought. This week, we're going to look at a much broader castle myth. Dungeons. Few words are so associated with medieval castles as the word dungeon. And most people have a pretty clear idea of what a dungeon would have looked like. Deep underground. Dark and gloomy. Prisoners hanging from chains on the walls, waiting for the black-masked torturer to appear and start stretching them on the rack. They're pretty much always inside castles as well. And it's rare to get a guided tour of a castle without some grisly underground dungeon being pointed out, where poor prisoners languished until they were forgotten. So am I now going to ruin dungeons for you forever? Well, I've got some good news. While there are a lot of myths surrounding medieval dungeons, and crime and punishment in general, there were such things as underground prisons, which we're going to discuss today. But first off, that word, dungeon. If you were transported back in time to medieval Newcastle and asked if anyone knew where the dungeon was, they would be able to point it out to you very easily. It towered, quite literally, over the town, from the centre of the royal castle. Because far from being a word for an underground space, dungeon, or donjon, as the word was then, meant a tower. Specifically, the Lord's Great Tower, that we call a keep, that lay at the heart of the castle. The ultimate root of this word is the Latin word dominius, which means lordship, probably because of the commanding position of these towers and their association with royalty. In that sense, the dungeon is at the heart of what a castle is all about, and contained most of the grand ceremonial spaces and rooms used to impress on visitors the power and majesty of the lord who owned the tower, in the case of Newcastle's Don John, the king himself. So, how did this word come to be associated with a dank, miserable prison? Well, for starters, prisoners were held in these donjon towers. As the strongest building within the castle, the donjon could serve as a highly secure location for prisoners to be kept. There are two rooms that can be identified as prison cells within Newcastle's castle keep. Both are identified by the holes in the wall by the door that mark where there was a drawbar, a type of locking mechanism that enabled the door to be bolted from the outside, preventing anyone within from getting out. One of these chambers is on the ground floor, the other much higher up, off the Great Hall. It might also surprise people to learn that far from being utterly dank, miserable hellholes, both rooms were fitted with their own toilet, a garderobe. These were not places where torture victims were forgotten about, but rooms where high-status prisoners of war or political hostages could be kept safe and secure until their ransoms were paid or their family's loyalty was assured. We know from medieval written accounts that prisoners were usually treated remarkably leniently. Records from the Royal Archives show that the sheriff, who managed the castle for the king in his absence, had to pay Scottish knights held prisoner here their normal wages for the time that they were imprisoned. Other sources imply that many prisoners were essentially under a kind of house arrest, allowed out during the day, under guard of course, and only locked up at night to prevent their escape. So, where does this image of the dark dungeon with shackles on the wall come from? Well, they were real. They just weren't medieval. After the medieval period, castles were largely abandoned, although they were still owned by the crown in many cases, and therefore were still technically government-owned buildings. So what do you do with your abandoned stone tower with nice thick walls? 
Well, you chained prisoners up in it, of course. The old cellar of the castle keep became the county jail for Northumberland. Because the castle hadn't been properly maintained for a century or more, it was a pretty miserable place, often knee-deep in water, and you can still see the iron rings set into the stone of the wall where the prisoners were chained. Descriptions of felons shackled to the wall in filthy conditions in this ancient dungeon generally come from the 17 and early 1800s. The last prisoners were actually moved out of that prison in the 1820s, when the first purpose-built jail opened in Newcastle. This was common in other castles around the country too. Lancaster Castle remained a prison until 2011. Another kind of dungeon that is often mentioned and that looms large in popular imagination is the dreaded oubliette. According to the myth, this was an underground pit where prisoners could be thrown or lowered and then forgotten about. The root of the word is the French oublier, which actually means to forget. In fact, there's a lot of debate among archaeologists and scholars about what these were for. You do often find pits dug into the basement spaces of a lot of castles but they're usually thought to be a kind of underground cold storage, rather than being somewhere that you could dump prisoners. The fact that the word oubliette, meaning a prison, is not found in any medieval English sources, but first appears in Walter Scott's swashbuckling novel Ivanhoe, doesn't help the argument. It might also help to point out that most castles had no purpose-built prisons at all. Most castles belonged to noble lords and ladies, who simply were not allowed to throw whoever they wanted into prison whenever they pleased, despite the impression often given in books and films set in medieval times. Law and justice were the jealously guarded prerogative of the crown, and only a select few noble lords had the right to enforce justice, and only within strict limitations. Of course, that's not to say that there weren't such things as grisly underground prisons. Ah, it's always nice to be able to confirm a castle myth for once. Royal castles were sometimes equipped with purpose-built prisons or jails, and Newcastle was one of them. In addition, the two prisons for common prisoners, as opposed to noble prisoners of war, were known as the Heron Pit and the Great Pit, respectively, which implies that they were, indeed, underground. You can still see the underground part of the Heron Pit, a stone-lined hole in the ground behind the Black Gate. This once had a large prison building built over the top of it, presumably to house the jailer and the guards, and also a room which, according to records, housed the manacles, stocks, and gallows. So there you go, the dreaded pit for felons, an underground prison complete with chains, stocks, and even a flat-packed gallows. But of torture chambers? Not a sign. Most of the famous medieval torture implements, in fact, like the rack, came from after the Middle Ages, or in some cases, never existed at all. The famous Iron Maiden, the sort of iron casket that closed on its victims and impaled them on spikes, was invented in the Victorian period as a tourist attraction for Nuremberg Castle. In fact, in medieval England, torture was explicitly against the law, and we have a lot of records of sheriffs being told off by the king for mistreating their prisoners. So there you go. Medieval dungeons. Maybe not quite so dark and grisly, in some cases, as you might have imagined. Was there anything there you didn't know already? Or anything else that you'd like to know about medieval prisons? If there is, just get in touch with us at info at newcastlecastle.co.uk. And pop back next week, and we'll be looking at hygiene in medieval castles. Castle Stories is a Newcastle Castle production. This week's host was David Silk. You can find out more about Castle Stories and about Newcastle Castle at newcastlecastle.co.uk.